Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. This is the third and final week of This or That series that we started on Easter Sunday. And so I'm going to review really quick to, uh, to catch everybody up. I told you that first week that when God created humanity, he gave us the wonderful gift of choice. Life began in the Garden of Eden with the choice between two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the fruit from those two trees as it manifests in our lives, they're completely different. They are distinctly different. And so every day we have a choice to make on which tree we're going to live out of. Will we live our lives out of the tree of life or will we live our lives out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? But we also know that everlasting life or eternal separation from God begins with the choice between two trees, specifically two crosses that were on each side of Jesus. You will choose the way of one of the thieves hanging beside the cross. You will either choose to accept him as your Lord or you will die without him and experience eternal separation. That's the choice that you have when it comes to your life and your spiritual life and your eternity. Then last week I told you that sometimes in life this or that can be a little confusing. Sometimes it's not always easy to know which direction to go. There are times when you want to do what is right for you and you want to do what's right for your family, but the pathway just seems a little foggy and so you don't know which direction to go. And I told you that God may have given us the free will to choose, but he will never refuse to give you direction should you seek it, should you ask him for it. God will always give you that direction that you need. You just have to be patient at times. We looked in the book of Judges last week and we read about a man who desperately needed divine direction for his life. Gideon asked God for a sign. He, he was bold enough to say, God, I need a sign from heaven. I need to know that this is the direction you want me to go. And he laid his fleece out. He laid wool out before the Lord. And, and, and he did this, this twice, looking for a sign. And God gave him his sign. God obliged and, and gave him the answer that he needed. And I told you, we should never live life in fear that our honest uncertainties will somehow offend God. Laying your fleece out before God, it doesn't offend Him. It doesn't say that you don't trust Him. It just says that you want to know that you're hearing your shepherd's voice and that you want to be certain that you are going in the direction that He has for your life. That's what laying a fleece out before the Lord is all about. And as we close out this series today, I want to remind you that this series is about choices. It's about this choice or that choice. And we are bombarded almost daily with decisions that we must make. Even before you came to church today, you decided on whether or not you were going to wake up in time to actually get a shower and brush your teeth. You made that decision, either yes or no. You can tell if the person next to you took a shower and brushed their teeth or not. You know the decision that they made, but it's, it, it's a decision that they made. You, you can decide what color socks you want to wear today. Maybe you wore brown socks or, or black socks, you know, or, or, or maybe which color shoes you wanted to wear. That was a choice that you have. And most of the choices that we face in life, they're uneventful. They're just uneventful. They, they really don't matter that much. Uh, allow me to show you what I'm talking about. And so I'm going to say some things, and I just want you to answer back. Give me your preferred choice, okay? Everybody understand how to play this game? Preferred choice. You ready? Pepsi or Coke? 
What? Say it again. I thought that's what you would say. Yeah. All right. Um, Star Wars or Star Trek? Who said Star Trek? Raise your hand high. Bunch of morons. No. UF or FSU? <laughs> it's so funny when you say that and you're near Gainesville like this because all of the FSU fans feel like they have to fill the room up and they yell a little bit louder, knowing they're outnumbered. Pastor Andrew, which one did you say, UF or FSU? It's all about the U. Italian food or Mexican food? What was it? Yeah. So you see what I'm talking about. You get it. You understand that in reality, those choices don't have serious consequences unless you eat at a Mexican restaurant on that first date. <laughs> then there can be some consequences. You know what I'm talking about. One day a teacher was having a difficult conversation with one of her little students and the teacher said, didn't you promise that you would make good choices? The little kid said, yes, ma'am. The teacher continued, and didn't I promise to punish you if you made bad choices? The little boy said, yes, ma'am, but since I broke my promise, I was thinking that you would not have to keep your promise. <laughs> God created us as these free moral agents with the free will to choose. That's how he created us. You've got that ability. You've got that power. You alone hold that power for your life. He will not force you to choose. But you've got to realize that there are consequences to our choices. There are. There's consequences to your choices. There's consequences to all of my choices. Everybody in the room, please hear this. If you tune me out for the rest of the day, understand there are consequences for your choices. Galatians 6 and 7 says, a man reaps what he sows. That means whatever seed you sow, whatever choice that you make, there will be a harvest that comes forth from that choice. And sometimes that harvest is good, and sometimes that harvest is not so good. But whatever choice you make, it will bring forth some type of harvest into your life. Because a man reaps what he sows, and that applies to everything in our lives, including our choices. I think that sometimes in life we develop a what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas mentality. Uh, some of you know what I'm talking about because, uh, you know, it, in Las Vegas, it's that place where you can pursue your lust and greed with reckless abandonment. I mean, that, that's what we know. That's how they advertise it. And so that's what we know. It's just what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And we have learned to disconnect certain decisions from the rest of our lives. And so that's what I mean by that. We develop that mentality that what happens in this part of my life is going to stay in that part of my life and it's not going to overflow into the rest of my life or it's not going to bring forth a harvest at any other time. And so we, we have this disconnect with certain decisions and we, we pull them away and separate them from the rest of our lives. It might be an addiction that we are unwilling to tame. It might be that unhealthy relationship with a coworker. It, it could be the, the need to simply shop because it never just stops at clothes. If, if that's your addiction, it becomes cars and houses and eventually mountains of debt. 
It could even be the friends that we choose. And listen, I know that some of the adults in the room, you will turn me off when I say that because you think it's so elementary. You are used to telling your children who they can be friends with and who they cannot be friends with. I I tell you, I'm going to get on my soapbox just for a moment and I'm going to tell some of you parents, you need to get involved in that aspect of your children's lives. You need to start telling them who and who they cannot hang out with. For most of us in the room, we make those decisions for our kids and we tell them who they can and who they cannot hang out with. We tell them things like, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Well, adults, wake up because that applies to you also. It does. It applies to me. You show me my friends, I I, can show you my future also. But but I wonder, who's telling the parents who to hang out with? Who who is doing that for us? Because there's this disconnect with adults sometimes. We feel like we've earned the right to make bad choices or, or that we have loads of wisdom that we can make some poor choices and we'll recover on the back end of it. It's as if we uh, believe that we are immune to the principle of sowing and reaping, but I'm telling you, the principle of sowing and reaping, it continues to apply with every choice that we make, including our company. We seemingly find a way around the tree of knowledge of good and evil as we think that we bypass the feelings of guilt. And you know, you continue making the wrong decisions long enough for a season you will not feel the guilt. You won't. For a season you won't feel the condemnation. For a season, you won't sense the pain at all. You've bypassed all of those, the, the, all of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so there's no guilt, there's no fear, there's no consequences. And the problem is that there are delayed consequences with every decision. With every decision, there are delayed consequences. There is a harvest that is going to come forth from that seed that you plant, from that choice that you make. And you may not feel it at the moment but it pounces on you when you least expect it. If you will, turn with me to Genesis chapter 13. I struggled with this because about a year and two months ago, I was preaching a series about the family and and I shared this particular passage of scripture. And and as I was preparing this week and I just thought, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go back and share that again. It's too soon and, and, and I just don't want to do it. And God kept dealing with me and kept saying, no, this is a choice that they need to realize that this man made and it applies to your situation. And somebody here today, I believe you need to hear this particular passage of scripture because I believe it applies to your life. And I believe that God cares enough about you that he is having me read this again to reinforce the choices that you are about to make. Genesis chapter 13, verse 1. So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and lot with him into the Negeb. Now Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. And he journeyed on from the Negeb as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. And Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, 
Let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. And if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. I want you to get this and understand what's happening. You've got an uncle, Abram, later to be called Abraham, and his nephew Lot. And their caravans are traveling together. They're both wealthy men. They both have servants and and livestock and plenty of family members that are traveling with them. But unfortunately, staying together is not an option any longer. And and because of strife, strife coming between the two camps, Abram looks at his nephew and says, listen, you pick this or that and I'll go the other direction, but this is gonna be the best answer for us. He gives him the option. You can choose this or you can choose that. And if you go with this, I'll go with that. And if you go with that, I'll go with this. And that is the choice that he gives to his nephew Lot. So Lot stands back and he looks at the land. And it's not that the land of Canaan wasn't plentiful. It's not that it didn't have good soil. It it wasn't that you couldn't grow things there. It's just when you look the other direction, it looked really green. It looked really nice. It it, it was a great place for you to settle and, and, and to start farming on because the soil was extremely rich because of the river valley that it was in. And so Lot looks at the two choices and, and Lot does not hesitate He saw green pastures and beautiful farmland, and immediately he claims it for his family. He did not take the time to think about the consequences. He didn't weigh out the options there. Church, always remember, the grass may look greener on the other side, but once you get there, you may find out that it's artificial turf. It's true. Men, those women that you look at on your computer, just remember, it's artificial turf. It is. That car salesman that has you convinced that you look good in that new car. I mean, he's, he's, he's got you right there. He has you sold on it. Just remember, that new car smell is fake. It goes away with each and every car payment that you can't afford. It does. Those old high school friends that like to drink it up, they seem like the life of the party, and you like being around them because you get to reminisce about the younger years. They are artificial turf. When you and your family hit a crisis in your life, those are not the people that you're going to go to for prayer. It's artificial. It's not real. It's not lasting. And you cannot get anything to grow out of artificial turf. You certainly can't get your family to grow and to flourish in the Lord if you have them standing upon artificial turf. Verse 13, right after we hear about which direction Lot chooses to go, verse 13 immediately says, Now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. That's how the Bible describes this place. The men of Sodom were wicked and they were sinning greatly against the Lord. But you see, Lot didn't take the time to figure that out. 
He didn't go in and check out the city. He didn't, he didn't go with all the reports that he and, and the rumors that he had heard about how evil that place. No, he had his eyes fixed on the greener grass. And that's the decision that he made for his family. Now, see, many sources have tried to translate the name Sodom, the name of that city, to mean burn or burnt. And, and this would be a better description of that city after God destroyed it with fire. But, but the Bible's very plain. It put it right there for us to read that this was before God destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. You see, the only Hebrew word that comes close to this name is, is the Hebrew word sod, which means uh, um, to, to, uh, the constrictions around the ankles like you would use uh, for prisoners. It's used in, in Job 13 and 27 to describe just that, shackles around their ankles. Like a chain gang, the people that lived in Sodom were held captive by their lifestyle choices. They were living a life seemingly without consequences, not knowing that they were chained to the sin. And they were living a life that what happened in Sodom stays in Sodom. And if you come to us, if you come near us, then you are forced to live by our lack of standards, and that's the life that you are going to set up for your family. But church, don't be fooled. Don't be misled. Because the complete reading of Galatians 6 and 7 that I shared with you earlier says it all. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. We always want to take this verse and we want to apply it only to finances. But God is watching our lives and though he will not force us to serve him, you have to understand that God is a just and a righteous God and God must judge sin. There is no other way. And so in your life, when your choices walk away from God's plan and design for your life, there will always be consequences for that sinful nature. The land may have been great for farming, but Lot's decision to settle outside of Sodom would prove to be a costly decision for, for he and for his family. At one time, after they settled there, Lot was guilty by association just because he lived near the city. And when enemies of Sodom invaded, they took Lot hostage and took all of his possessions with them. The Bible says that Uncle Abram had to come to his rescue. Another time when two of God's messengers, that, that to the best of our interpretation of it, they were angels sent by God to warn Lot and his family. But the Bible says that when two of God's messengers came to visit Lot, men from Sodom came out of the city and they surrounded Lot's house and they demanded that Lot send his guests, the two men of God, to send them outside so that they could rape them so that they could have sex with them. That's how corrupt this place was. And, and let me show you what happens when you start camping around the wrong people. It, it, has, it has this ability to, to just tear down your values. It has the ability to corrupt who you once were and, and what you once stood for. Because when they ask for those men, this is how messed up Lot is. He says, instead of taking my guests, why don't I just give you my daughters? You think to yourself, you will never make decisions like that. That you will not allow your values to become corrupt. But I'm telling you, you camp out around the wrong city. 
You hang out with the wrong people long enough. You let the wrong influences control your choices. You will eventually start making the wrong choices for you and for your family. And the choice for greener pastures, it even ended up costing Lot his, his wife's life. As the city was being destroyed, she was destroyed. And I was thinking about it this week. There had to be that day, there had to be that moment years later after they fled the city but they had lost so much. There had to be that moment that Lot just says, how did this happen? How did I get to this place? Because I'll promise you, nobody ever wakes up thinking, today I'm going to become an addict. Nobody ever just wakes up one morning and says, today I'm going to cheat on my spouse. Nobody ever just wakes up and just makes a decision like that. It's a series of poor decisions. And the more poor decisions that you make, the easier it is for you to make more poor decisions. Because we don't see the consequences that are right around the corner. The consequences that are, that are heading straight into our lives. And every day, you make choices that affect your life and your relationship with God. Every day we do this. Every day I make choices that either lead my family a little closer to the cross or I make choices that lead my family a little farther away from the cross. And every day you make the same choices. But I like the way that Joshua told the Israelites. He says, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You see, when it comes to the choices of your life and the choices for your home, you have to make sure that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Listen, it, it does my heart so good sometimes. I'll walk into some members' houses from our church and, and, and I'll see it. Because a, a few years ago, I told people, I said, listen, for this month, I want you to go home and I want you to put this scripture, this verse on your refrigerator or on your bathroom mirror or on your front door, wherever it's at. How many of you remember that? How many of you participated in that? And you remember, and we put, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we did it, we did it. Matter of fact, Mandy and I, we went to Hobby Lobby and we found one of them fancy things to go above our door man it's up there it's permanent man it's up there for, you know for the, everybody that walks out of our house they get to see it it's still on our refrigerator it's there you need to be reminded on a daily basis that there are consequences for every choice that you make but if you live by as for me and my house we will serve the Lord you are going to make some of the best decisions you could possibly make for your household it won't make you popular with your kids but God didn't call you to be popular with your kids he called you to lead them spiritually there's this point along the continental divide high in the Rocky Mountains in Colorado at which the waters of this small stream they separate and they go around a rock as they flow down some water goes one direction, some water will go the other direction. And it would not seem to matter much whether a drop of water goes to the left or to the right, whether it would go this way or whether it would go that way. But the outcome of those drops of water is completely different. You see, one drop goes to the west and it eventually flows into the Colorado River and empties into the, 
the, the, the Gulf of California and eventually even winds up in the Pacific Ocean. The other drop goes east until it flows into the Mississippi River and it, it, it will dump into the, the, the Gulf of Mexico and eventually into the Atlantic Ocean as the tides take it out. It's two drops of water. They both start in the same place, but they end up in two entirely different destinations. But one small turning point determined their outcomes. You see, here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that one day you're going to wake up to find that you are miles and miles away, maybe even a continent away from where you wanted to be. A series of choices that you didn't realize would have consequences. You never thought it would happen. But one day, like Lot, you wake up and say, how? Why? Why didn't I see this coming? Man, it affected the next generation with him. The Bible says that his daughters got him drunk and slept with him, messing up just corrupt values. Listen, if you raise your kids near corruption, I promise you, your kids will become corrupt. You've got to make sure you're instilling godly values. Your kids need to see you making godly choices for you and for your family. And I can assure you, that where you are at in life right now, it is a result of your past choices. Think about it. Think about where you're at right now. And think about the choices that helped get you there. But I can also assure you that where you will be in five years from now will be a result of the choices that you make today. The decisions that you filter through God's word, that you filter through in prayer. The fleeces that you lay out before God for him to answer because of those decisions that you make today. That's where you'll be in five years. You know, the most powerful gift that God has given us is the power to choose. Think about it. There's not a more powerful gift. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, no, the, the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the best gift that he ever gave us. I want to think that way. But the most powerful gift that he ever gave you is the gift of choice because you can choose to reject Christ. And it, that decision is so powerful, it will determine your destination and where you'll spend eternity. That's the most powerful gift that he ever gave you. And as we walk through life, we've got to realize that the choices that we make for not only ourselves, but for our families, it's, it's going to bring forth a harvest. There will be consequences. Some good, some bad, but there will be consequences for every choice. It's sobering. But he wants to guide you and he wants to lead you in the steps of righteousness for his name's sake. That's his promise to you. Think about it. Think about it before you make the choice. Andy Stanley said it in his book, The Best Question Ever. He said, in light of my past, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the best decision for me to make? Think about it. What is the best decision that you can make in light of your past, your current circumstances, and your future hopes and dreams? Where do you want to be? And what do you have to decide now to get you there? 
Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.